As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Sift Spoil on the movie Soul. Uh, we are going to no longer worry about spoiling the movie for you. So if you haven't seen it, uh, you might want to leave um, because we are definitely going to talk about details now. Any hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, or post-credit sequences? They all died. Yeah, they They're all dead already. (laughs) Uh, That that come from Seoul. I actually don't have a ton that I think we need to deal with here. I did want to talk a little bit about the sections of the movie. Because the movie is very much about, you know, kind of sets up Joe. Kind of what he's going through. Then he dies, right? And so then we've got the setup of the what the quote-unquote afterlife looks like. And then the movie takes a real shift when all of a sudden it's doing a body switch movie for a while, right? Like you've got 22 in his body and him in the cat body. And that's the part I didn't want to spoil in the main episode. Um, But I I wondered like how that whole section worked for you. Did you feel like we got there quick enough? Like, you know, um, how was that that whole transition for you guys? I'll let John go first. I'd say that it kind of works in spite of itself. I definitely had like a bit of a groan. You know, right. of like, we're doing this again. Right. Like, why do we keep doing this? I know some people were kind of reading a lot into it. They were kind of saying like, oh, of course, like, you know, as soon as we get like a black, you know, lead in a Pixar movie, they turn into something else, like the whole movie. And there's been some interesting conversation around that. But I mean, to me, this is something that Pixar keeps doing to to all of their characters. You know, they keep putting them in like, you know, like weird situations where we focus on like non-human characters and I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth on it. I think the only thing that led to me disliking uh, an aspect of how it fits in is the conversation with the mother made no sense. Like it was thematically great and it was a great conversation. Right. But 22 is like somehow inhabiting him all of a sudden and talking like him and has his mannerisms. And I was like, yeah, that was the, the only time the movie kind of lost me. But other than that, I do think it serves the story of like 22 has to experience Earth. And, you know, it does make the journey a little bit more complicated. And it's it is fun to watch, uh, but it's not definitely not the strongest part of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we're so I think they say something about we were vibing or, you know, something like that. And they do set up that he's like telling her, okay, say exactly what I say to you. So the idea that I think is supposed to be that he is say he is telling her what to say and she is embodying it. Uh, you know, in the perfect way or whatever. But no, I'm, yeah, like I'm with you. Yeah, maybe his subconscious. Right. Because she does know him, so maybe that is part of it. Right. Like she, yeah, she talks earlier about, you know, knowing the things that are in his head and 
and those kind of things. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I, I think that's exactly how I would have said it, that it succeeds in spite of itself. Because it is it is one of those tropes where when it happened, especially the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, oh no, is this what we're doing? Like, like there's that moment where I'm like, oh, I, I've seen this before. But I think the movie handles it um, handles it really well. And it, and it gives some momentum to that section of the movie. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought it was fine. Andrew, did you have any thoughts on that stuff? Uh uh, it took me a while to adjust to, you know, switching between like I knew that he was going to obviously I had a pretty strong feeling he was going to die and there was going to be his soul walking around. But then when it did the uh, the I can't say Freaky Friday because it's not a true body swap. But once it did that, I was like, oh, OK, so it was jarring, I guess is the better word as opposed to. And then I was like, OK, well, then let's let's see how this works. But I don't know if it added really anything to uh, no I guess it does I take that back never mind yeah I'm just gonna go with jarring and it took me a while to adjust <laughs> you know I also thought the other thing the other thing I wanted to mention was uh how much that section where Terry is running around and trying to capture them and there are moments where I'm like oh this is straight out of get out like you know the idea of like being in some sort of like like stasis beyond the real world and like almost paralyzed in that mode. Like, I'm just like, Oh, so the sunken place. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the movie yeah. almost goes to the sunken place a couple times. Uh, and I was like, Oh, oh that's, that's interesting. interesting. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I found that that section to, to work, even though I had a little bit of hesitancy kind of when it started. Um, that was really the only thing I wanted to specifically talk about. If you guys have things towards the end, you know, that we didn't get a chance to, to mention, I'd love to hear them. Andrew, it looks like you do. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about how I think that the ending of this movie is a cop out, how oh, he's yeah, yeah, allowed to, how he's allowed to go back to living. Uh, I thought that there was going to be some kind of, a a great, uh, uh, acceptance, you know, like, a. I may not have been able to do what I wanted, but, you know, seeing all like the people that I inspired, like especially like he could have like had this moment where the young girl, what was her name? Uh, Connie. Connie. Like he could have seen like, oh, I inspired her tonight. Pursue, you know, uh, music and stuff like that. Like just because you didn't do this one thing that you really wanted to do while you're alive doesn't mean that your whole life wasn't uh, was a failure, you know? So I thought that there was going to be this whole acceptance thing and that he was going to stay dead. Like, because if you're going to have a movie about, you know, the consequences of, you know, life and death and stuff like that. And like, you know, how life is improvised, then I don't think that you can really cheat out that that consequential element of the finality of it all. Well, let's talk about the mechanics of the plot just for a second, just just so I can make sure I have this that I'm remembering this correctly. Um, I, I think what happens is they're in, you know, he's in the cat, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and she's in his body. Uh, and then he finds a way or Terry takes them back. Man, I am a little shaky on this. And then he dives into his own body again, right? Somehow. Yeah. He gets into his own Mm -hmm. body again and he has his moment with the jazz club, right? Yeah. And then he goes home and he's like having that moment, which I thought was really powerful of, oh, I have everything I've ever wanted. And yet I'm still the same, you know, like it's still not, she says something about, oh, we come back and do it the next day and the next day after that. And he's like, oh, 
maybe it's not everything I ever wanted. Like he has that moment. And so then he sees 22's items, like artifacts, right? And he lays them out on the piano and he starts playing a jazz tune to find his way back to that place. And then the sign twirler guy sees him, pulls him down and they save 22, who is now a lost soul, right? Like that's, am I getting the order of that correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, so then he saves the lost soul, and then what happens after that? Is that the part you have problems with? You want him dead at the piano? Is that is that what I'm understanding? No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just really want Jamie Foxx to die. No, um, no, it's not of when I want him to die. It's that I figured the movie was going to lend itself to, yeah, there's a finality to it. Also, whenever. Jerry, one of the Jerry's says, hey, we're going to give you one more shot to go back. You know, here's your quote unquote, get out of jail free card. You know, it kind of felt like it. I I don't want to say wasn't deserved because, man, that guy tried really hard, but it felt a little weird that this is how they decided they were going to go about it with him. uh, Not. Uh facing the true consequences of dying that he out of all the people who ever live live oh it may have happened but now that i'm thinking about it i guess technically he never died died correct because he was yeah. on because whenever he was, he was in the pattern. hospital he was on life support right mm-hmm. so yeah, he wasn't mo- dead dead in the movie has- okay okay the the movie also has the the in I'm going to use the word integrity, but I think it holds true that if if you look at the movie even as a in the movie does not do this thing where it's like oh it was all a dream, but you could look at the movie as oh, like a like gosh. a coma kind of thing a way he's processing yeah. during his coma kind of thing as well. Um, although he, I guess he goes in the piano and has more of a real experience there, so I guess that doesn't necessarily. Uh, work Ooh, that way, the but the-, the theories are getting hairy. I don't know, about that. <laughs> I don't know if this is just, theories I- is trying to understand what happened. Well, because all, no, the, I, I, all the stuff you're talking about, I think, is essential. It's essential to the message. It's essential to the plot. Yeah. Like, there's. I, I'm just trying to figure out which moment you feel like he should have died. Like, you know, when when was he supposed to stay dead? Well, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, when he fell in the well at the very beginning. I thought he died, died, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But now that I'm th- now, th- but now that I'm having that, um, what you call, it, you know, just a epiphany. I'm going back and I'm I'm playing the movie in my head. He didn't die, die because he was on life support. So them giving him the opportunity to go back at the end, like saying, "Here, we're gonna let you go back," even though technically he was already back. Yeah. They're just yeah, but the fact that they're doing that. So now that I know he, now that I'm realizing he wasn't actually dead, dead, and that they're not bringing somebody back to life, they're just letting him. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply wake up i guess technically uh i'm okay with i'm more okay with it now they kind of say it too uh, when he first dies he's like am i dead and, and jerry is like oh not yet you're in a holding pattern so yeah, yeah. They, they do kind of explain it but again like it's not something i really noticed until the second watch because i too was a little confused of like why doesn't he have broken bones why you know there's like not a scratch on him but you know <laughs> yeah the movie kind of ignores that yeah, he must have because he's hit, animated. He must have just hit yeah. his head really, really hard in a place that we mm-hmm. don't see. <laughs> like that's, that's the yeah, only yeah. injury he sustained. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think back on it, and and I I just don't I don't know that there's a way uh, for this movie to take the approach of like that he makes some sacrifice for 22 so that she can live, unless he lets yeah. her live in his body or something, or I just that was never going to be the way it was going to work so yeah i think i think where i stand on it is i you know i think i had sort of a reaction similar to yours andrew where i was like i i was a little nervous it was doing the frozen 2 thing so slight spoilers for frozen 2 frozen 2 has a very similar thing where it's like a character sacrifices something they really care about but then in the end they get it anyway so the sacrifice is deemed like worthless and i think When that does, I think the the instances where that doesn't work is when you're really just sort of like reinstating the status quo instead of like forcing the characters to reckon with the consequences, like you're saying. Um, a good example is uh, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, those consequences stick and they land, and it's good because they need to. I think though, what saves this movie for me is that the status quo isn't preserved because. Joe goes back and I think it's a beautiful moment that he looks at all of the opportunities and we don't know what he decides to do. If he's going to be the band teacher, is he going to go with the gig? Because that's not the point. It's the totem at the end of Inception. It doesn't really matter what he decides to do. The point is that he has a newfound perspective and that he is going to live life to the fullest. I noticed this more in the second rewatch, the just the pain of like when you're in his exhibit and he walks through it and he's like, I don't remember it like that. And yeah. Then, yeah. Wait, you know, he sees himself alone at a diner and he's just like, my life was meaningless. And so what he's getting at the very end isn't just like something being preserved. It does feel like he did sacrifice an era of his life and now he gets a second chance at a new one. And lots of movies have done that. Like It's a Wonderful Life and and so many, like Christmas Carol, like this film is obviously like inspired by a lot of those. So I think that's the emotion I came through with it is like what you get out of those movies, not Frozen 2. Yeah, I think you're right. The movie even like hints at things it never pays off, which I guess could be a positive or a negative, but there's a one moment 22 says something about a name in his brain. It's like, what about this such and such person? Oh yeah, the Lisa you know? lady. Yeah, what about Lisa? I think you need to pay more attention to that. Movie never pays that off and in, in any way, shape or form, which I kind of like um, because it's, you know, the, it's it's like there's this whole life. The movie ends with this whole idea of, a broader sense of what my life means, where, you know, where it goes, what's important, what's not important, um, you know, those kind of things. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. The one point, Andrew, I did want to mention where I do think what I thought you were talking about with the cop out 
was the the just the jokey way they convinced Terry that you know <laughs> the numbers were correct. Because, oh, I was fine with that. Well, it, it was it was really funny, and it, it is what it is. But if you start to look at it from an analytical standpoint of, well, why do the numbers have to be correct? Matter. What what does that mean? Does the number mean who died? So why why isn't there a, a more understanding within that realm of what death actually is? Because if he was in a holding pattern, well, his number shouldn't have been counted yet anyway. It should only count once he actually goes to the great beyond or whatever the the bug zapper yeah. at the at the end of uh, the afterlife. <laughs> it yeah, that was wha- kind of an odd. It was an odd way to. It you freaked know, me out, man. I was like, wait, wait, we go on an escalator. We go on an escalator to the great beyond, and the great beyond is a bug zapper. I was like, you know, stairway to heaven. It's <laughs> back in bugs it life. Me of, it reminded me of bugs life. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think squib. I think that is the way it works, though. I think that like his soul doesn't count until it gets zapped which is why terry is like hey there's a i'm supposed to count this person but they're still in their holding pattern and i think that's the issue right well yeah but so why do they have to trick him at the end if he never actually goes into the bug zapper that number shouldn't even matter he shouldn't have ever counted it right oh i think because he put him back in uh like he sent him back right so i think terry is still expecting that that number is supposed to change and it doesn't so, so that would be determinism then. So there's an idea that the movie is playing in, in the realm of, of determinism where the, like the, he knew he was going to die, and so that number should be accounted for, and now he's getting a second chance yeah. in, in breaking that determinism. And they're just I suppose so. I don't know it. if they imply that it's something like that is fatalistic or like the, you know he has like some sort of uh, premonitions that this soul is supposed to die on this day. It doesn't really go there, I don't think. I think it's more of like he knows that one person has, has like in a holding pattern and they're expected to, I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I think I'm with it's Aaron that I think that that's a determinism in the fact that it, Terry knows who and when dies. So, so yeah, he, so that's the, what, that's what he's worried about. I was like this, it's not like a soul is supposed to go through. It's this soul is supposed to go. Right. Cause he has all the know? files and, and everything. And yeah, yeah, in in a scene reminiscent they, of the Ark of the Covenant uh, in Indiana Jones, <laughs> they do sort of they do sort of imply that like all everything that we're sort of seeing is how like what Joe is seeing as like a a representative example about like the universe um, because the Jerry's and the Terry they're like all like uh, the all of the quantum universe things and like we're just sort of seeing mm-hmm. that from a human perspective so it doesn't really make sense logically to us so they could. It is a cop out, but you know, you could, you could headcanon your way to that conclusion of like, oh, you're not really supposed to get how this literally works. It's just presented to us in a way we can get. Yeah. Yeah. The question comes down to was Joe supposed to die and he cheated death or was this all, he was just in a coma and he came back. Like, which is, which is the, the canonical interpretation of the movie. I don't know that the movie is clear on that because I think if, if you have to trick Terry, then that seems to indicate that he was supposed to die, but he cheated death, right? Um, but other parts of the movie seem to indicate that, you know, he was in a holding pattern and it was unknown and he just came back instead of dying. So this yeah, tells me that in all of the Final Destination movies, Terry is really what's killing people. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Now I know. Now what I'm know. trying to figure out now, since we have John here, is how does this tie into the Pixar multiverse and i'm trying to think is it possible that this is this movie is like a prequel to something and 22 
is a character like down the road who's already you know like a young girl we've seen mm. in one of the Pixar is Riley's. Yeah, Something, some people were I don't know. bringing that up to me. They were like, oh, does, does 22 become Riley? Well, first of all, 22 is like basically like non-binary, right? So it could be any character. Right, right. Like it could be a guy, it could be a gal, it could be anybody. Um, I haven't thought about it too much. I mean, I think the obvious Pixar movie people are going to look at, there's two. Uh, Brave, because the wisps look a lot like the souls. Mm-hmm. And like Brave, like those wisps are supposed to be like the ancestors. So there's a pretty obvious blue connection there. Um, but also Coco, which has like an alternative explanation of the afterlife and how you disappear after you're forgotten. And I've been I've been curious about that, too, because it does sort of imply that, like, is that what the great beyond is, is like you go to like a certain type of afterlife suited to your culture or to, you know, something like that. I'm not really sure, but I mean, it is kind of fun. It's kind of a funny thing to think about. Especially because, like, a character like in Coco, um, like the uh, the grandfather, great great grandfather, he like surely like when he choked on that chorizo, he probably was like, "I don't want to die." But why did he like accept going into the great beyond, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, that I was curious about that. And also, it's, it's similar, like thematically, like you have like a stairway and you have like a bridge, kind of in the Coco world. So you could do all kinds of things like that, and like yeah. you know, th- both movies sort of open up the realm of possibility of like ghosts or like souls going back to the realm of the living for a time and all of that so that's all i got for now <laughs> it's enough yeah it'd be interesting to see if like 22 became mcgill from coco that way like the uh the love of music that uh 22 got from joe is somehow transitioned into mcgill's desire to learn how to play the guitar I know it's a different style of music, but music is music and love for it is, you know. I, I like the I idea know. that, like, it's a character we haven't met yet. Like, maybe it'll be this Luca character in the next Pixar movie because for me, 22 is somebody who's been, like, mentored <laughs> by, like, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, like, Marie Antoinette. That's so, like, hilarious. I, I hope it's a character. Who, I hope it's a character who's just, like, very randomly knowledgeable or something or just very unique and weird. And uh, that would make sense to me, too. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about from uh, from the soul spoilers? No. All right. Well, there you go. There's a little bit of uh, Sif Spoil on Soul. Uh, let us know if you have anything uh, that you saw that maybe we didn't mention. Uh, we'd love to hear about it. You can certainly email us, feedback at sifpop.com, and uh, we will catch you on the next Sif Spoil. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.